0: You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. Welcome is the, uh, the jump off episode of the Think 180 podcast. My name is Chris Baker from the Inc. 180 Ministry in Oswego, Illinois. We're in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, about 40 minutes southwest. I'm going to talk about some things today, just kind of really do a lot of background work today and kind of give you an idea of who we are and what we do, why we do it, um, how you can become involved, uh, kind of lay things out for the future of the podcast, let you know what we're going to be talking about, um, how you can uh, be a part of it, and uh, as well as some news with the ministry and things that are going on. Uh, my name is Chris Baker. Uh, like I said, I've been a tattoo artist for a long, long time, about 23 years, and um, started this ministry five years ago. Um, my wife, Lisa, and I and our three kids moved here from, from uh, Los Angeles about 10 years ago. And we grew up in LA during the, the times of the LA riots and the the height of the gang activity in uh, Los Angeles. And when we moved here to the Chicago area, you know, of course, everybody who watches the news knows that Chicago has a huge gang problem and you know, we, we, uh, we're looking for a way to use our gifts from God to really serve the community and, and make an impact and, you know, try and take some bullets out of guns and keep kids from dying. So uh, I did a lot of praying about six years ago, and, you know, I, I found God in my life eight years ago, uh, so I'm still a fairly new Christian, uh, which kind of takes some people by surprise when they hear about what we do, but Um, I lived the first 38 years of my life for myself and I wanted to decide I made a decision to change that and uh, in 2011 God gave me a calling and that calling was Ink 180. Uh, At first I questioned it because that calling was to start removing and covering gang tattoos for free and I love tattoos I've been a tattoo artist um, the vast majority of my life and I'm passionate about the art of tattooing Um, but We're seeing a lot of tattoos that just shouldn't exist, Um, tattoos that mark people uh, with their old life, who they used to be, what they used to be, uh, marking people as property, like in human trafficking and domestic violence. Uh, We're seeing uh, young people covered in scars from self-harm, from cutting. And it's just it's it's something has to change. You know, we, we all have different gifts, and that's, I think, one of the things that people kind of gravitate towards when they hear about Inc. 180, it's, it's different. It's not your average ministry by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. So, basically, what we do, we provide free of charge, we provide tattoo cover-ups, tattoo removals uh, for uh, people leaving gang life, former gang members, people trying to live out 2 Corinthians 5.17 and live as a, as a new person, regardless of their faith. They don't have to come here and... and you know, read out Bible verses to me. I don't care. Um, I I want to share Jesus with people in the way I treat them, um, and I you know, regardless of their faith. I've done cover-ups and removals for people of all different faiths. Um, I've done tattoo removals in a mosque in Chicago. So uh, there are no limits to who will help. Uh, people ask all the time, what's the what are your uh, requirements for people? What do they have to do to receive your services? They don't have to do anything. Uh, People don't have to prove anything to us. All that we ask is, we ask people, "Hey, are you you ready to change? Are you truly changing your life? And that answer is yes, we will happily help them. Uh, We've helped 3,700 plus people in uh, the last five and a half years remove tattoos or cover tattoos or cover scars that marked who they used to be uh, to help them move forward. And, And it is a significant thing because, You know, tattoos are very important. I I have, you know, 70 plus tattoos myself, over 200 hours worth of tattoo work on my body. And and I don't regret a single tattoo that I have. Every one that I have tells a little bit of my story and they're important. Uh, They're important to the people that wear them. And it's also important for people to remove or cover them when they're they're, uh, detrimental to their lives or they're hindering their life. You know, and that's what Ink 180 is. Um, In addition to the tattoo removals and the tattoo cover-ups, we do other things. We do a lot of educational programs. We speak in uh, junior high schools, high schools, universities uh, about different parts, different aspects of our work, Uh, most notably human trafficking and and gang awareness, uh, the fight against gang violence. Uh, We do street ministry, and we also do mentoring uh, because – Trying to reach kids before they fall victim to things like human trafficking and gangs and self harm, so uh, a lot of different aspects. And it's funny uh, to look at now five five and a half years into this thing. When I went to Lisa uh, in 2011, I said, "This is what I think God wants me to do." She uh, she was very supportive as she always is, but uh, she kind of looked at me. And she said, "How are we going to do this? And how are we going to fund it?" And I looked at her. I remember it like it was yesterday. I said, don't worry. We're probably going to do like four or five of these things a month. And you know, we'll just, we'll make it work. And, uh, God had bigger plans as he always does. So we've been faithful to it. Um, we've been resilient. We have fought and scratched and clawed to keep things going at times. So it's, it's tough, but it's a, it's a labor of love and we love to do it. Um, Little background on why we're so passionate about this. Like I said, we grew up in Los Angeles and, you know, despite the way I look, I was never in a gang. A lot of people think I was, or they make an assumption that I was based on the work that, that we do here. Uh, I want to make it clear. I was, I was not a gang member, but I'll tell you what, uh, a lot of my good friends were. And I have a lot of friends that are no longer here because of that gang activity, shot, killed, stabbed in prison. Um, one of the things that I've learned in the last eight years of, of being a Christian is that God's grace is for everybody. Um, it's, it's pretty sad to me when I speak in a church and I'll have someone come up to me afterwards and say, Chris, I love the work that you do with the trafficking survivors and the domestic violence survivors and the self people with the self harm. And that's such a horrible thing. And, you know, then they'll look at me and say, "But well, why do you help those people? Meaning the gang members or the former gang members and, it It really bothers me because those people are my friends, um, and those people are God's children too they're they're not to be discounted because of their past. Um, God's grace is for everybody, and that's what we're here to share with the community um, so it's funny when I was younger, <clears throat> you know I dropped out of high school, I went to work to help support my mom and my sister. My dad left, left the country, and I became friends with some people that I probably you know, looking back, it was a pretty scary time, you know, and I saw a lot of things as a kid and, and knew about a lot of things going on that they're pre- pretty terrifying. Um, but I got out of it. I got away from it. And I have three kids with Lisa, and we've been married for 23 years, and we just wanted to give them a better life. And uh, it's, it's pretty funny because uh, looking back when I was in my early 20s, I wanted to be a cop in LA. I had friends uh, that were cops in LAPD and LA Sheriff's Department, but based on my, you know, dropping out of high school and getting my GED and all that and on who my, some of my friends were, I was like, there's no way I'll I'll pass that background check. But, uh, so I kind of passed on it and went different directions and The beautiful thing about this ministry is I get to do what I love more than anything, and that's tattooing and removing tattoos. But um, in addition to that, I get to work with some pretty amazing people in law enforcement, Um, not just state and local cops who we love and we love to work with on a daily basis, but we get to work with people like the FBI and Homeland Security and the U.S. Attorney's Office, um, judges, probation offices, uh, safe houses, nonprofits, churches, schools, and the general public at large. Um, A lot of the things that we deal with, um, I guess most notably sex trafficking, people are very interested in. Uh, I had no idea what sex trafficking was up until about four years ago, a year into the ministry. I, uh, I was at church one morning and I had given an update on the ministry and what was going on in its infancy and the way it was expanding pretty rapidly and kind of the response it was getting from the media and people were excited about it. And uh, At church that morning was a good friend of mine, Agent Brian Smith, and uh, he, he invited me to come up and speak to the Homeland Security Gang Unit in Chicago. Set it up, and uh, we, I was, about a week later I was driving up for the meeting, and he called me on my cell phone, and I broke the law and answered my cell phone while I was driving. I'm not too proud to admit it. But uh, don't do it. But uh, Brian asked me if their trafficking unit could sit at our meeting and, and hear what we were doing and see how they might be able to get involved and work with us as well. And I remember specifically saying to Brian on the phone, I said, What does drug trafficking have to do with removing and covering tattoos? And he paused for a second. He said, No, Chris, this is, this is sex trafficking, this is human trafficking. And I thought, you know, like so many people that I encounter on a day-to-day basis, I thought that was one of those over there problems. Uh, You know, that happens over there in Cambodia and Southeast Asia and Eastern Europe. And, you know, surely something like that couldn't happen in the United States. And uh, he said, no, it it actually does. It's a huge problem and they will definitely fill you in. Uh, Are you cool with them sitting in? I said, absolutely. I'd love to share what we're doing and see how we might be able to help them in any way. So long story short, we did. Uh, the gang presentation took all of about 10 minutes when we partnered up uh, and I was excited because, you know, it was my first time working with federal law enforcement. And if you've ever, ever seen a picture of me, uh, whenever somebody that looks like me is in a room with Homeland Security and they're not shackled to the table, it's a pretty awesome day. So I was excited to work with them and, and get that exposure to working with uh, the feds. Then I asked a question, uh, to the head of the trafficking unit. I looked at him, I said, can you please give me some background on this? Cause I have no idea what you're talking about. I had no idea this was happening here. And they did. They, uh, they sat down with me for a couple of hours and gave me a, a high level understanding, uh, that human trafficking is going on in this country. It's very prevalent. There's more slaves in the world right now than there have ever been. And, uh, Sex trafficking is a disgusting reality that we have, to, we have to face and we have to fight. And we really do have to fight it. It's, it's one of those issues that once you hear about it, you, act, you feel like you have to act on it and do something. Um, sex trafficking happens online. Websites like Backpage.com. Uh, it happens in massage parlors and strip clubs and on the street. Um, it happens in the inner city. It happens on Michigan Avenue. It happens in the suburbs, and it happens in rural areas. Uh, There are predators online lurking, looking for our kids, and uh, it's both boys and girls. You know, the average age of entry is 12 to 14 years old. The average life expectancy of someone that's pulled into trafficking is seven years. Uh, Horrific abuse, horrific physical, mental abuse, torture, torture. and after about two hours of hearing this, this information and starting to get what what I will always describe as what was a very high level understanding, uh, it was the start of uh, a process that I feel will I will continue to learn more and more about sex trafficking uh, as long as I'm doing this work and I don't intend to stop anytime soon. But about two hours into it, I looked at him, I said, okay, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to absorb some of this what do tattoos have to do with this? And they started laying out pictures on the table that we're sitting at and pictures of barcode tattoos and pimps names and vulgar, vulgar images. And the rules that pimps had for the girls and boys that they would tattoo on them if they broke the rules. And, and then they started showing me pictures of these kids. And the first one I saw was a 14 year old girl that looked just like my daughter and it broke my heart. It absolutely crushed me. And um, they started telling me about her and her story, and and uh, it'll it's it's something that I will never ever get used to. You know, people ask me all the time, like Chris, you know, how do you deal with this? You know, I I'll tell you, it's the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. I sit in a room with a trafficking survivor and a counselor. That they're working with, um, and I let me say that real quick. When a sex trafficking victim is brought to Inc 180 to have a tattoo removed or covered, um, they are obviously there, but then there's a victim specialist or a counselor that's with them, and I do that for two reasons. Um, PTSD is very prevalent with trafficking survivors. Um, I am not trained as a counselor. I had, I don't have any formal training in that arena. Um, so I always want to have somebody here that they're already working with, that they're comfortable with, and who can address that if uh, if they have an episode where they start to trigger. Um, because these tattoos that they received and they were forced to, to receive from their pimps um, are very traumatic, and it's not uncommon for them to trigger uh, when we are covering or removing a tattoo. And honestly, the other reason that I require them to be there. Because it protects me uh, because I'm a guy, I'm a man, and I don't outwardly look like the nicest guy on the face of the earth. Um, When they come in, they've been broken, they've been shattered, they, you know, they have been abused in horrific ways for whatever period of time. And I don't ever want to put myself or my staff in a vulnerable position where someone, uh, who has gone through severe trauma could accuse somebody of saying something or, or being inappropriate. Uh, so we do that. Um, it's very hard. I have a really good counselor that listens to me on a weekly basis pour out uh, what I hear, and what I see on a daily basis, whether that be related to sex trafficking or gangs. Domestic violence is something that's very personal and very close to me. Um And the self harm. Uh, Self harm is something that's probably one of the newer uh, issues that we've gotten into. Uh, It's because a couple of my artists uh, have dealt with that in the past and they're very passionate about helping people and they've educated me on that as well. We love it, we want to affect one life at a time. Uh, When we started the ministry, I was getting kind of discouraged uh, because, you know, for as many tattoos we're covering and removing we're still seeing you know we all watch the news we all see the numbers the reports the the violence the trafficking and it, sometimes it feels like it's it's just too big you know how can we really affect a change in this uh, area but my pastor jeff mitchell uh, he constantly reminds me he says you know jesus went after one by one and uh you keep going after one by one, you're changing lives one at a time and you're building mass. And that's what it's all about is just one at a time for us. We love it. We love to, um, to hear what's going on. You know, the, the, the coolest thing about what we get to do. And I really mean it when I say it's what we get to do. It's not, this isn't a job to us. This is what we're passionate about. You know, we get a front row seat to watch God work in people's lives. Uh, whether they realize it or not. Uh, And sometimes they don't realize it for a while. Uh, But we get to see it, and we get to see that change start to occur. And I'll tell you what, there is nothing more satisfying um, in, in our lives here, in our ministry, than covering up a gang tattoo or a trafficking tattoo or a domestic violence survivor's ex's name um, or scars on someone who dealt with self-harm there's nothing more satisfying than walking with them to the mirror when it's covered up or removed and seeing that gone and seeing how that expression of being free on their face takes over and it, it you know it doesn't fix everything you know what we do is a piece when people are going through real life change there are several pieces that need to be worked on. Um, what we do is just a small piece of that. but it's significant because it takes away that constant visual reminder of who they used to be, what they used to do, or what somebody else did to them in the past. And man we love to do that and um, it you know when people ask you know Chris, you know I, I love that you do this but man you should get paid to do it. people should be paying you to do this. Um, quite honestly, Most of the clients that we've helped, most of these 3,700 plus folks that we've helped since 2011, they don't have the money. They simply don't have it. They're struggling just to survive. They're struggling to get the medical needs that they require taken care of, the mental health, the physical health, um, education, housing, um, addiction issues. Uh, These folks are dealing with things that I can't even fathom you know I I, I get upset with myself because I uh, you know I didn't get to go to the gym that morning because I had to do something else or I had an appointment that I had to go to or um, and then I, I sit and I listen to their story and I hear what they're going through and it just um, it brings things into perspective pretty quickly um, it's a blessing to be able to do this work um, people have asked you know, how do we do it? How do we sustain it? There's a few different ways. Um, I do, I still do regular tattoo work. So if you're out there and you'd, you'd like me or Sophie to do a tattoo for you, or Lisa to do piercings for you or removals, we do that as well. Um, so a lot of our uh, funding comes from that Avenue. Um, I also do speaking engagements. I speak in churches, schools, at events, whatever. Um, and people ask me, well, what do you charge to come and speak? I don't. I don't ever charge a fee. I have an issue myself with, um, and a lot of pastors have told me I'm wrong on this, but I'm not changing it. Uh, They say, you know, you should be charging for this, you you know, to do it. I said, well, I have kind of an issue charging people so they can hear what God's done in my life. Um, I haven't done any of this. It's all been done by him. And so what typically happens is I'll do a speaking engagement, um, and people at the end of it, they'll just take a free will offering for the ministry. That's another big way that we help pay for this work and continue it and do what we do. Um, we've got some things coming up, and I'll talk a little bit about this in a bit. But you know, we've done a documentary, great documentary with TLN. They did a fantastic job and it won three Emmys to kind of put the story out there and tell the you know about the work from the the eyes of our clients. Um, But something that we're really excited about coming up is um, this book. We've been talking about doing a book for a couple of years. And uh, it's funny because I'm not a writer. And um, I kind of laughed when it was brought up. I was like, I don't really know. I don't really have the time for it. I made about 10 different excuses of why I shouldn't write a book. Um, But there were so many people asking for it. And I think one of the things that really resonated with people when we did the documentary was the stories of the clients. Uh, they wanted to hear from the client's point of view, what they went through, where they're at, where they want to go and what this whole process of having the tattoos removed or covered means in that process. So um, it was an inmate at a uh, maximum security prison down in Houston, Texas. I was with my friend, Carl Etchison, who does full-time prison ministry. And uh, we did, I spoke at the, uh, a few different prisons, but this one in particular, uh, the gory unit, just north of Houston, this, uh, probably 60 ish year old Hispanic man asked a question at the end when we were doing a Q and a, and he said, Chris, you, you know, you should write a book. And I kind of tiptoed around it. I was like, yeah, you know, people have asked me and we're thinking about, we're kicking it around. And, uh, he said, no, really. He said, I, I really think you should write a book. And I would I would love it because, you know, we don't get TV in prison really. Um, all we have is books. And he said, I'm in this prison for the rest of my life for what I did. And I accept that. Um, But I love Jesus and I want hope and I want to read stories of hope. And it was him, uh, that really kind of got me to sit back and say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do this book. And so we started the process. I was uh, working with a friend of mine and uh, she's a writer and she, um, it it was interesting because I told her when we started that process, I said, this is going to be very tough for you. Um, You're going to hear things that are going to be hard to hear and hard to digest. And she kind of looked at me like, yeah, okay. And um, she realized pretty quickly how right I was with that statement. We talked a lot about that. And um, we were talking to an agent and just some things, you know, changed and she went through some stuff in her life, some personal stuff. And, um, certainly understood that. so we kind of took a break from it and then we're now back in it. Um, I've already I've been writing chapters uh, here and there for the last couple of months. I uh, went through some health issues this last month. Um, thanks to everybody that's been praying for that. I'm doing really well. Um, but it's time to get back in on this book. want I want to get it done this year. Uh, so I, we have a meeting this week and we'll be talking about that here in a few. What will this podcast be like? Uh, it's funny because, like the book, this is something I never really thought I would do. I've I've been a guest on a bunch of podcasts and uh, never really saw myself doing one. But people really want to hear these stories. People, um, people like to hear about what God is doing in people's lives. And and it's funny because I get I get emails and phone calls from people that aren't Christians too. I get one of the, one of the nicest things I ever got in the mail. Uh, was a letter from a man who made a donation. He read a story, I think it was on uh, ABC News or somebody did right, story, it doesn't matter, but um, he had read it online. This is a couple of years ago. He wrote me this really amazing letter basically telling me, he said, you know, I'm an atheist. I've been an atheist my whole life and I'm 62. And um, just reading your story really affected me. And he said, you know, if more Christians acted like you and talked like you and treated people like you, there might be fewer atheists. And he made a donation to the ministry. I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, so, you know, there's, there's different ways to reach people. And when I came to Jesus, it, it, it really affected me in a strong way because for 38 years of my life, I ran away from him and I made fun of people that were Christians. And I, saw all the kinds of Christians I didn't want to be ever in my life. Um, the judgmental people, the people out picketing at concerts and just not being, you know, not loving people. Um, and, uh, so I, I was like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that kind of person. So I beat myself up when I finally came to, came to Jesus in my life. And, I was like, man, why did I waste 38 years of my life being stupid and ignorant and afraid? Um, Because so much of my earlier parts of my life were false bravado, kind of masking fear. And uh, I beat myself up a lot about it. And then through talking to a couple pastors and and some friends, I realized it it wasn't that... uh, it really, it came down to I knew what I, what I didn't want to be, and I knew what I wanted to be. Um, people look at me, and they're sometimes surprised if they've never met me. They're surprised to hear that I'm a Christian, and I'm a minister, and I do this ministry work, and I do street ministry work in Englewood, and this and that and the other thing. Um, I, I exist at this point in my life to be a better husband, a better father, a better friend and a better person in general. And I think that the world would be in a lot better place right now if we all started doing things to help each other instead of cutting everybody down all the time. If I didn't need social media to get this this word out about the ministry and share what we're doing and educate people about things like uh, you know human trafficking and domestic violence and gang activity and self-harm, I would never go on Facebook um, because it's uh, it's a destructive platform in a lot of ways. Um, I, I will get into that in future episodes, but I just want to kind of put it out there. Um, we love what we get to do, and if you've been following us for any length of time, you know that. Um, and I want you to get involved too. Um, I was talking to some folks. We had an elders meeting at church, and I'll tell you, I have kind of an I have an issue with the word elder. Because I am one, I'm getting older, so that word "elder" is starting to kind of creep in in a different way. But uh, we had a meeting with the elders at church this week, and we were talking about it. And I'm at uh, I'm an elder at Big Life Community Church in Oswego, Illinois. Uh, we would love to have you come visit if you're interested. Uh, our services are at nine fifteen and ten forty five on Sunday mornings. But this church was started four years ago, four and a half years ago to reach the unchurched people and people that were hurt by other churches um, in the area. And the cool thing about my church and the thing I love, and it mirrors my life. Church to me isn't really about Sunday morning, getting dressed up, going to breakfast, making it look good, like you don't have any problems. Um, That's not what church is. That's not what faith is to me. Um, Faith is to be lived out not just one day but 7 days. Uh, so we're real big on the other 6 days of the week and uh, I had uh, I had a thought come up a couple weeks ago that I shared with the elders and and we were all pretty excited about it. People ask me all the time or they'll say to me Chris, you know, I want to I want to do something like man, what's what should I do? And it's funny cuz like you're asking the wrong person. You need to ask God, not Chris Baker because I don't really know you. I don't know what your gifts are. I don't know what your heart says. I don't know what he's leading you to. So we're actually going to start um, a class every two weeks at Big Life Community Church called Jump. Because people need to be supported. People want to get out and do work, but they don't know how. They don't know how to connect. They don't know who to connect with or what direction they want to go in. So what it's going to be is um, every two weeks, starting on Wednesday, June 28th, uh, that'll be the first class at 7 p.m. at Big Life Community Church, 197 East Washington Street in Oswego, Illinois. Uh, it's a support team. We're going to sit together and talk about how to connect people with their passion and what they're passionate about and how to get out in the community and make a affect uh, a change uh, for something that they want to see different. And. Uh, see what they're passionate about. One of the cool things with being here at Inc. 180 is we know what we're good at. We're really good at removing tattoos and covering tattoos, but we're not, you know, we can't help people prepare for their GED. We can't help people uh, get housing. We can't do medical stuff. You know, I watch a lot of shows on TV, but I'm not a doctor, Um, but we're blessed to be able to connect with and network with other ministries and nonprofits and groups um, that do offer things that people need to um, meet more of their needs as a whole uh, than just the tattoo removal. So uh, we're trying to help lead people to do that, uh, to get out. And we're also going to do monthly service opportunities where people can come alongside us as a team. And we're going to go to places like Feed My Starving Children and Urban Youth Outreach up in Inglewood and, you know, a day of service and stuff where people can bring their kids and get involved as a family. Uh, because that's so important to, uh, to Lisa and I, you know, it's, it's been an incredible journey over the last eight years to see, you know, the change that's going on in my life, my wife's life, the lives of my three kids. Um, and now to watch them grow spiritually and see how they want to serve. Um, our oldest daughter, Mackenzie is 19. She's a hairstylist, um, at fringe salon in downtown, uh, Downers Grove, so if you're looking for a great haircut, go see Mac. Uh, but it's cool because Mackenzie's passion with doing hair and makeup and, and color is she'll do make, makeovers for domestic violence survivors that have had their self-esteem crushed, or human trafficking survivors who have had the same issue, um, and people that deal with self-harm who think that, you know they're ugly and their life is ugly. She does free haircuts and makeovers for them, and it's so cool to see that. You know, my son Tyler's a musician. He plays on the worship team at church, and it's just so cool to see the different avenues that my kids are serving in. So we want to give people those same opportunities uh, to get their kids involved and um, make an impact in the community. and it, it makes a huge difference in not just our lives but our families as a whole. So we're really excited about that. The podcast going forward. If you want to email questions in, you can email Chris at ink180.com. I would love to answer questions on a weekly basis. Uh, we'll be doing interviews. Like I said, we're connected with a lot of great ministries and organizations, nonprofits, and we're going to be bringing in people to do interviews, and so you can learn more about different aspects of the ministry or how you know things, different arenas that you want to get involved in. And if you have any suggestions for that, we would love to get an email from you on that. It's who do you like to hear interviews with? Um, current events. We um, Each week we'll be talking about a different topic related to the ministry um, and talking about current events and stories uh, related to that. Um, we'll also be talking about things going on in the life of the ministry, upcoming events, things that are changing, additions, whatever, um, and um uh, big events we have, speaking engagements, things like that. Um, The mobile unit, uh, where we're going to be with that. We'll talk about that at the end here. Um, We do our work here in Oswego, Illinois. It's a nice little town. It's a far cry from Los Angeles, but the people are amazing. It's a great community, Uh, about 40 minutes southwest of Chicago. Um, We we had our shop, we started five years ago. Um, About a year and a half ago, we started this this mission, uh, thinking outside the box a little bit to reach people who couldn't necessarily get down to Oswego. A lot of people in Chicago in the inner city, uh, that it's difficult for them to get down here. So we prayed about it quite a bit and people were amazing and, uh, very generous. Last year we bought a 36 foot motor home that we've called hope one. And, uh, we've, spent most of the last winter, uh, ripping out the interior and replacing it and, and bringing it up to the health codes that we need, um, basically to do mobile tattoo removals and cover-ups for people. Uh, we're really excited to uh, say that that has been launched we've been using it for the last month. Uh, it's, it's an amazing thing to go to a community like Inglewood or Pilsen or little village and be able to do a hundred tattoo removals in a day. Um, and bring other partners with us that can help people that are looking for educational assistance or GED prep or going to college or housing or medical needs, um, and open it up to the community. Um, again, it's not based on their faith. It's based on their need. So we love doing that. Um, but the, the mobile unit's going to be going all over the country. It's already been to Wichita, Kansas, working with our partners at ICT SOS, um, was just not too long ago I was in Nebraska and Iowa, so we're excited. We're uh, we're going to be going up to Minneapolis, doing some work around uh, the time of the X Games, it looks like. So a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things to talk about, and a uh, lot of news. So for this week, as far as news goes, um, I already talked about the, the book. We're meeting with the publisher this week, and we're going the self-publishing route. Uh, people have asked me that. Um, what publishers you're talking to we we were pretty close to a book deal not long ago and some things happened and it just didn't work out. Um, I was really kind of cautious about the whole publisher thing anyway because the stories that you're gonna read in this book are very raw and they're very real they're very hard to di- you know to take in sometimes um, and I didn't want, a publisher telling me I couldn't talk about certain things. Um, and a lot of the publishers that we were talking about were, you know, Christian publishers and they're like, well, you know, some of these things might be too, just too much. And I said, you know, I'm not watering down this ministry at all. People need to know this is going on and, you know, certainly not, you know, we're going to not having profanity and all that. That's, you know, that's no problem, but uh, I want people to really know and really feel what we feel doing this work. So we're meeting with them this week, getting that going. Um, Next Sunday, June 18th, 2017, I'll be speaking at uh, the United Protestant Church in Grays Lake. So if you're in the Grays Lake area, come check it out. Uh, It's at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday. So we're excited about that. Um, And I just mentioned the mobile unit. The mobile unit will be uh, in Englewood, going to be up at Marquette and Union on July 3rd from noon until we're done. And when we're done is usually 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So um, if you know somebody in the Chicago area uh, that needs tattoo removals, please have them reach out. Give us a call at 630-554-1404 or email me at chris at ink 180.com. We'll get them set up with an appointment. So they're not just sitting there all day waiting around. Uh, We're excited about that and doing a lot more of that this summer. Um, Next week, uh, we're going to be talking. The first topic we're going to kind of tackle as an official episode is we're going to get into the whole sex trafficking issue. We're going to talk about what's going on locally here in Illinois, in Chicago, uh, and we're going to we're going to target social media safety. Um, my oldest daughter Mackenzie came to me about two and a half years ago uh, on a day where I had just finished removing a sex trafficking tattoo, and I was exhausted mentally and emotionally. Uh, and physically, and she came in and sat with me and said, dad, I had a really, what I think is a really good idea of something that you should add to the ministry. And I sat back in my chair and I was like, oh, Mac, I love you, but I'm exhausted. And I don't, can we talk about this later? And then thank God told me, no, you need to listen. And, uh, I did. I said, okay, Mac, you know, what's your idea? And she looked at me. She was 16 years old at the time. And she said, dad, you know, I come to a lot of events. Uh, events with you and mom. And I've learned a lot about human trafficking and I keep learning more and more. But one of the things that's kind of a common theme that I hear is how pimps and traffickers will use social media to target and lure and recruit people into human trafficking and even gangs and different things. And I said, yeah, it's absolutely true. We hear that a lot uh, from survivors we've worked with. And she said, well, dad, I think you should teach a social media safety class. I kind of sat back in my chair for a minute, took a deep breath and looked at her. And I said, you know what, Mac? I said, that's a fantastic idea. Um, I think you should do that. And she looked at me and her eyes got real big. I thought they were going to pop out of her brain. And she said, uh, dad, I'm only 16. What could I possibly do? I said, well, you know what, Mac, nobody knows social media better than a 16 year old girl. And, uh, so we talked about it and we continued to talk and kind of brainstorm right there on the spot. And I thought it was just an amazing idea um, from a young woman who obviously was very thoughtful on this matter. And I said, you know what, Mac, let's, I'll tell you what, let's teach it together. And so we did. We worked with uh, some folks at the Internet Crimes Division at the FBI. They helped us get some information and, and put together an hour-long class. Uh, we've been teaching that class every month free of charge here at Inc. 180, Uh, and then we offer it anytime we speak at a church, we offer it to the youth group, but then open it up obviously to the community too, because people need to hear this message and uh, it's a good way. It's a, it's a good starting point. It starts a lot of conversations between kids and their parents. And that's the audience. We bring in kids and their parents to sit down and talk about social media and how, you know, how it's, it can be a great thing, but it can also be very destructive as well. So we, uh, we love doing that. We've got a class coming up. Uh, we'll be having another one coming up in July. So we'll be publishing those dates on the Inc. 180 Facebook page. We'll also be uh, putting those dates out here on the podcast every week. Uh, so we're really excited about it. We're really excited for uh, uh, this being a way for us to get the ministry out to people. You know, I think we've we've done a pretty good job with social media since we started. Uh, the Facebook page is is probably the the key. Uh, area or arena that we use. We've got like 36,000 great people follow our work on social media and on Facebook. Um, We put out stories pretty much every day. We put out videos. We show before and after pictures of uh, trafficking tattoo cover-ups and gang cover-ups and different things um, that we do. Talk about events on there as well. So it's a great place in between episodes to get information and also to help educate your friends. It's a great way to get the word out because I'll tell you, um, you may be hearing about sex trafficking for the first time this morning or, or the fact that it happens here in our communities and it happens everywhere. Um, no community in this country is immune to sex trafficking. No community in this country is immune to violence, gang violence, domestic violence. And the more that I read and learn and talk to people about the issue of self-harm, the bigger problem it's becoming. So, uh, we are very happy that you uh, check this out. It's you know, like I said, this is our first one. I uh, just trying to put it out there and let you guys know what we're about, what we do. and you know here's here's another thing I I'd love to state and we're gonna talk about this on a future episode. Um, as far as Christians and tattooing, there's a lot of Christians out there that are very, very against tattooing. and I, I, I get letters on a daily basis uh, from people who tell me, that I'm going to hell because I'm a tattoo artist and I have tattoos. And I'll tell you, I, I mean, this a hundred percent honest to God, if you don't like tattoos, I still love you. It's all good. We can have coffee. We don't have to agree on everything. Um, I have a different stance on that position. And like I said, we'll talk about that here in a future episode uh, to really kind of have that discussion. Um, but what we're doing here is we're helping people live out 2 Corinthians 5.17. says, if you believe in Jesus, you are a new creation. The old is dead and the new has come. And that's what we're trying to give people. You know, Removing those old marks of the past, talking about it, having a conversation, sharing grace with people. Um, I love it. It's amazing to be able to do it. My wife Lisa and I and Sophie works with us here, does an amazing job with it. We love people. That's what it's all about. You, know, I can I can give you the the Cliff Note version of the Bible. Love people. That's it. That's all it comes down to. Whether that's removing tattoos, or mowing the yard of an elderly person that can't do it, or helping somebody lift a heavy bag of dog food into their car at the Walmart parking lot we need to get out there and love people and do random acts of kindness because you know what? Nothing is more viral than kindness. And we need a whole lot more of it in this country. We're in a very turbulent time. Um, And I'll tell you, I promise you one thing right now and you can hold me to it. We are not going to talk about politics on this webcast, on this podcast. Um, I have my beliefs and you have your beliefs and that's what makes this country great. We can all have our own beliefs, but, uh, we just need kindness. We need kindness and peace and non-judgment, and we need to get to work. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, going forward, this will be an hour-long podcast on a weekly basis. We would love for you to share it with your friends. But again, if you have any questions, any topics you'd like us to take uh, take a look at, please email chris at ink180.com, and it's chris, is C-H-R-I-S. God bless you guys. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you again next week on Think 180.